It's now my pleasure to introduce our 2023 keynote speaker, Dr. Donald B. Smith. A longtime OHS member, Dr. Smith is a professor emeritus of history at the University of Calgary and has focused his career as a historian on the history of Indigenous Canada, Quebec, and the history of Calgary and Southern Alberta. In 1971, as a PhD student, Don Smith made a presentation at the OHS annual general meeting in Peterborough on the writer and lecturer Gray Owl. Later that year, the article Gray Owl was published in the Society's Ontario History Journal, Dr. Smith's first article to appear in a Canadian historical journal. In 2022 and 2023, the OHS worked closely with Don in producing a 21-episode podcast series. In Hindsight, Half a Century of Research Discoveries in Canadian History, which debuted earlier this year. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Donald B. Smith. Thank you. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> there we go. Well, this is wonderful. I'm technologically really allergic to technology, so we've done very well. I'm, I'm blessed by this. My wife helped in the beginning, but let's go. Um, what, what an honor to be here honestly, because my roots are Ontarian and my career as an historian begins with you. It's Trent University, my paper on Grey Owl over 50 years ago. So it's, uh, it's really, really special that I'm here. I'd like to begin with uh, just a story, um, which I, I like quite a bit, actually. It's a story by James Michener. You probably know him for South Pacific, uh, his book on Hawaii, uh, Alaska, and 37 others. He was a very, very popular American author. Well, he wrote a, sh a story, um, a short story, actually, it, it, uh, going back to his boyhood. And the story is entitled The Old Apple Tree. And I thought it was appropriate to bring that in right at the outset of this talk. The old apple tree describes uh, a tree that he remembered as a young boy. Uh, and he's writing this story when he's in oh, late 80s. He remembered this tree as a young boy and it was an old apple tree. And it was at the end of its producing days, it seemed. But he recalls that old farmer took eight rusty nails and circling the base of the tree hit these nails into the tree and this this absolutely caused a miracle the miracle being after this injection of these eight rusty nails it kicked the old tree into action again it was goaded back into life well OHS, you've done that with me, because I'm at the end of my career, fin de carrière in French, and this project, just fantastic, because I'm back in the game. It was able, a wonderful opportunity for me to pull together a lot of experiences that I've had over half a century in Canadian history. And my base in Canadian history, uh, after all is said and done, is Ontario and Alberta. And in this series, in hindsight, those are the two provinces that really are featured the most, because that's where I've done most of my work. I'd like to just um, give you a bit of background, though. How did this come about? Like, did suddenly, how come I'm the old apple tree is to be called back to life? I better explain that. It's because I did, I 
my master work, my my big project uh, was published in 2021, and it was called Seen But Not Seen. It's a study of non-Indigenous Canadians' viewpoints towards the First Nations from the 1840s to the present. So Seen But Not Seen was published by University of Toronto Press, and well, everything was going well, and Rod, Rob Blaverty and his kindness and generosity, long, the lifelong friend, Rob suggested, like, Don, listen, when your book comes out, what we, we OHS would like to have the book launch at your world headquarters in Willowdale. Oh, that was support indeed. That was wonderful. Uh, and I said, of course, that'd be wonderful. It'd be so generous of you. But the only thing historians can really say is you can't predict the future because COVID came along that totally erased that wonderful idea and there was no book launch at OHS headquarters no and we were in this horrible horrible period which all of us remember too vividly and uh, instead though Rob said well maybe we could do something else and I was poking around because I had still I'm a pack rat. I really am. I've, I've saved paper ever since high school. And I've got lots of material and I've kept diaries and letters. And my parents were very devoted and saved a lot of things from the early days. I had this mass of material. So I thought, let's, Rob, let's talk about this. Maybe we can do something. And this idea blossomed, oh, a little about two years ago, thanks to Rob's, two things here, Rob, his, his initiative on this. And then he found the wonderful person who could bring this technological ignoramus into the modern world. And that's Sarah. <laughs> Sarah did it. Sarah, Rob and Sarah got together. I guess, Heather, you were in it, and Daniel. Uh, but it's mainly Sarah that comes through because she had she had the expertise to do this, to do a series of, uh, I always called them, I don't call them podcasts. I'm an old timer. I really am. I call what we've done old fashioned radio broadcasts uh, in Canadian history. That's what I call them. But uh, you, you young people, you moderns, you call them podcasts. So that's how the podcast series was born. And uh, so about two years ago, we're sort of clicking on this now. Um, and boy in the last year we've taken off with a set of headphones 40 dollars set of headphones sarah with all her skill set was able to interview me basically weekly for half a year and we came forward with these 21 episodes and the episodes for those that are new to this are there's a, a spoken section which is about 25 minutes for each one and for each session each episode there's a written text and the written text is about 3500 words so there's two components there's the oral and the written and i felt that the oral was easy that was no problem because i've lived this i've, I've, I've been i've been in the i've been out collecting and stuff and what have you for 50 years so that was no problem the oral i could i, I love i love speaking about history so that was no problem the devil in it was the text because uh, i could do the oral sarah could phone me we do it in the morning uh, you know an hour we're all packed it uh, all done but not not even an hour uh, that was in me 
just just it just was so fantastic to talk about these things I loved and so that was easy but the written texts were a week at least each because I had to I mean I, I can't just say something because there's no backup that's not what I do I'm a I'm a documentary historian I've got to come up with the goods so the written texts have them and so the spontaneity is in the, the oral there's no doubt about it that really jumps around and I get quite excited even got quite emotional. Sarah had to control me a couple of times. And then, and she encouraged me to be emotional and others. But the real text, the definitive text, the master text is, is, is what's provided as well. And each of these has, the written text has a backstory and not, not all of them, some do, and certainly a bibliography or a backstory. So it explains how this particular episode was, was done, was completed. So there's an academic, um, there's academic credentials to this project, which um, I'm very pleased. Everything I'm so all around pleased on every aspect of this. All 21 are completed, and the the last one, I'm sorry, the, the 20 are released, and there's a 21, and that will be forthcoming very shortly. It's all been done, and I'm going to talk about that at the end. Um, and I know, of course, we've only got, uh, we've got about 25 minutes, so I'm, I'm, it's going to be quite abridged, and we'll now sort of uh, get a little bit closer to what's going on here. So we decide, and this now about, oh boy, last fall, where it's incredible, just in a, wow, what a team to, to pull this off. Um, in in, in a, less than a year's time, we have completed this project. Um, and it's 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 really been something now the important decisions along the way i'll just say a brief bit about that and one was the title that that was about a year ago and it was forthcoming and in hindsight says it all because there's here's the old season gladiator looking back in the past so in hindsight that that suited me to a t uh, but we needed uh well we need introduction and uh I've known Dave Mowat for many years from my work on the Mississauga or Anishinaabeg of Southern Ontario. And I, I did not know Dave was a vice president of the OHS. That's even better. So Dave, will you please do the introduction to the series? Well, of course, generous soul that he was, that he is, he said, yes. And that is fabulous. That opener for the series, each one of them has this, Dave, I can't thank you enough well what else do we need we need music right to open you know we gotta have some drama so each episode has this wonderful theme which Sarah found Sarah found that by checking hundreds of possibilities and she got it it's, it's Dave's introduction the introductory music it fits like a hand in a glove images Sarah was very she can uh integrate images so easily into the written text. And she did that. We have almost a hundred. And because of the fact, well, first of all, my parents were pack rats. I'm a pack rat. I, I got lots of images. And we were able, as I say, to have almost a hundred in the series, which livens it up immensely. Some of them are, are terrific. I mean, I, I'm so pleased that there was an opportunity to bring them forward. One of them is, and going back to that Ontario Historic Society's talk, my very first talk uh, was to the OHS uh, in Canadian history, and it was on Grey Owl, and I have a picture 
in the Grey Owl episode, which was taken shortly after that talk. And it was when I went to England and I found his best friend as a boy, George McCormick. And he hadn't talked about this for, he hadn't talked about the boyhood friend, Archie Blaney or Grey Owl for 70 years or 60, I should be accurate. And he did with me, and I found him, Maidstone, Kent, England. And there's a picture of us, of, of this young lad interviewing him. That's me. So there's a special sort of stamp to this, um, and very, to my delight, it really incorporates, it makes it so, the visual adds so much. And Sarah, in her, in her, with her talent set, we even have, uh, well, have music, wonderful uh, ballad uh, by Annie Glenn and a, a very popular musical figure in Calgary. We have a, a, an address by Hugh Dempsey and a popular, a very popular Alberta writer. We have a couple of audios too. So it's a cornucopia, in my opinion, of goodness, and especially from my point of view. So I'd like to just tell you a little bit now about the last episode, episode 21, which nobody can see because it hasn't been released yet, but it's, it's, it's in the pipe. And it is really a review of the series of, of the 20 episodes. And these episodes were really selected because um, I had good backup, documentary backup. I had worked on a number of them before, but not to the same depth. And there were a number I hadn't touched upon at all. In Seen But Not Seen, for example, I didn't have the opportunity of introducing Lester Pearson. Um, and, and this, with, with, in hindsight, I was. I was able to include a, a, an episode on Lester Pearson. And uh, folks, let's just take a breather here. This is the man who won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1957 on this very day. Isn't that something? Wow. That's what we need now. It's just awful situation. October I say, October the 12th, 1957, the Nobel Peace Prize was given to Lester Pearson, Ontario born and, well, great Canadian. Now, so we have um, basically, then, I'm just going to quickly review the series. I know time is pressing, so it's going to be abridged. And um, thanks to, again to Sarah, there's such a wonderful backup. The inventory is there. The texts are on the web. The spontaneous oral presentation is on the web. So there's lots of backup. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. So quickly then, let's just take a gander at what's going on. Now, the first one, I, and I must say this too, please. Ontario and Alberta are, are so integral to this series. They come in and out in a number of places. Because that's my background. I, I, I have this Quebec and the prairies, and um, there are other sections, but not with the intensity of Ontario and Quebec. Because you are what you are. I begin with, uh, who am I? Who is this fellow who's getting, <laughs> getting this microfilm, a microform to address a large audience? Who is he? So I tell you who I am in the first chapter, and I call it a future in the past, and it just explains how I came to Canadian history. I was originally, and episode two reinforces this, I came to Canadian history as an internationalist. I was interested in world affairs, but I discovered Canadian history, and it just took over. And I was so, so fortunate because I was able to get a tenure position at the University of Calgary. I was able to do my hobby as my occupation. How many people in the world have that opportunity, that wonderful blessing? So I was paid to do my hobby for 35 years. And, was, and uh, then uh, 
well, I'm just, I'm just so grateful. So first episode is my arrival in Calgary. Second is um, the beginnings of my research interests in various sectors in Canadian history. Um, and I just can't resist. There's lots of anecdotes, please. I, I believe in anecdotes. I'm a narrative historian and uh, trying to do the serious stuff, mind you, but you've got to have a, a couple anecdotes. I mean, raisins in the dough. That's what an old First Nations Christian minister told me. You know, it's Monsieur. I've got raisins in the dough. Here's one. That first chapter, it's kind of fun. Only, uh, uh, I'll do it in two minutes. I was interviewing this old, it's a Delaware, uh, Six Nations, um, Delaware from the Six Nations community near Bradford. Enos Montour became a United Church minister. And Enos, actually, we were talking about many things. He told me, he got me some good, he gave me some good writing tips because he, he was doing some popular writing himself. And Enos told me, he's the one that said that. Don, listen, he read my PhD thesis and he said, look, this is really good. This is like you've really done a great research job. But Don, I'll tell you, I think actually what you have to do is put, you got to put more raisins in the dough. Anecdotes. So there you go. A First Nations input into my formation from Enos Montier. So first chapter then, uh, Calgary arrival, and um, the hitch, the founder of the history department was still there. And I had an in with him right away because I had a strange connection with him. In Oakville, Ontario, in high school, I'd done a report on the tiny country of Albania in grade 10. I still have it. I'm a pack rat, remember? I confess that to you. Well, George Self. He is PhD was from the University of Chicago, and he had studied the foreign policy of Albania in the 1930s. Believe it or not, this is it's hard to believe. So we had George was about to retire, mind you, but he's still on staff, and we had this connection on Albania. So that that was that, that's how it began. I had a wonderful welcome in Calgary. Uh, they encouraged me to do my work on, on indigenous topics, and uh, also I got into Western topics. Uh, Hugh Dempsey, a primary, one of Alberta's foremost historians, um, Alberta historians, really helped me out a lot. He passed away about two years ago. He's actually one of the episodes. But just to uh, keep up the sequencing here, I introduce myself. It's E.H. Carr, the, the great British historian who wrote the book, What is History? That's what he said. Before you study the history, learn who the historian is. That's so important. So that's what I do. First two episodes are about me. Stories <laughs> aren't supposed to do that, but I've done it. You're not supposed to talk about yourself. Well, I've committed two sins in those first two episodes. But it's important because you've got to know my vision, my, my, uh, my outlook is so important to how I select the details and how I organize them. Now, now we're going to pick up speed. The first, the third episode is Grey Owl obviously starting with the OHS. That was my first paper. And so he, he, I do an episode on him. Then a, a, another individual, Chief Buffalo Charles Longlance, who's very similar to Grail in that he had an invented identity, but he made an important contribution. Grail's contribution was in conservation, despite his masquerade. And this chap, he made a very important contribution in his popular writing about the Western Canadian First Nations, Longlance. And then moving on, we get to a block of four episodes, and they're on the Mississauga. Now that is what I, in, in Ontario, I, I did my PhD on the Mississauga. They were so welcoming, and I, I owe them a tremendous amount. And there are four episodes on the Mississauga, or to use their own name for themselves, Anishinaabe. And Dave Mount, of course, is a member of that First Nation. So four on the 
understanding or Mississauga. Then moving on to 9, 10, 11, uh, politics. See, my generation, we took a lot, we paid a lot of attention to political history. And this is the reflection of that, because I'm looking back. I'm not coming out new territory. I'm just explaining how it was done, what, how, what topics we like, how we did it. And we went, it was important to read, to go to the archives. It was important to read microfilm. There's not the internet. There's no these technological tools. This is, this is, it's very important to the locations and, and to meet descendants and all that. That's what I did. That's all, that's, and it's so different today. So that's why I think this has merit, this project. It's telling you what it used to be, the research game. So I do two, um, I do uh, Lord Barry, uh, Indian Affairs official, and uh, then the next two are John A. Macdonald, well-known and uh, extremely well-known, and Will Jackson. Uh, Macdonald and Jackson are Ontario born. Uh, no, Macdonald, uh, he lived as a boy in Ontario, but not, he wasn't born here. Jackson was, he was raised in Wingham. He became Louis Riel's secretary in 1884-85. He's a young political idealist, and he went out and joined Riel, but never took up arms. He always he just he wanted peace. He was working for peace. Very outstanding fellow, um, totally opposed to McDonald's Indian policy. So in these sketches, you get a lot of variety. I'm not saying McDonald's great. Um, he, he was in some respects building a country. Uh, negative side on the indigenous, certainly. And Jackson is the counterfoil to that. He opposed McDonald's indigenous policies. So in, in episodes 10 and 11, you're getting that. You're getting variety of opinion. And that is the only way history's for flourishes. When there, there are as many opinions of the present as there are about the past. And that diversity must be reflected in history. So moving on, we come now to for Alberta stories. Now, don't be deceived. I'm an Ontario. I was born in Ontario, raised there, left Ontario at 28. So, I mean, there's a lot. I can't. I can't escape it. That's it. I'm, and it says Alberta stories for Alberta stories, but two of them are Ontarians. Henry Bird Steinhauer was a Anishinaabe or Ojibwe from Rama, Lake Simcoe. And he went out, he became a church a Methodist missionary, came out west and started a mission agricultural settlement north of northwest of Ed, northeast of Edmonton. And so he's he's the subject. And the teacher that did so much good in his community was an Ontario teacher, Elizabeth Bar Barrett. Uh, and so they're there. And then another Ontarian, uh, two of them actually, are the Albrights. I have an episode on the Albrights. These are two Ontarians that come to Alberta to Calgary and we have 550 letters between them. Um, Fred, tragically, was killed at Passchendaele in 1917, but his, his widow kept the letters and they're quite revelatory of, of early Calgary. So that's it for Alberta Stories. Moving on now, Canada's um, 20th century Canadian political history. Well, I'm, I'm very much interested in Indigenous topics. And the, the first gentleman here is Fred Loft. He was the founder of what Today would be the Assembly of First Nations. He was a First Nations from Six Nations community, and he he made a big difference. He's he's one of my episodes. His arch enemy or nemesis was Duncan Campbell Scott, the well known now um, Indian Affairs official, also also Ontario born. Um, and then a lighter note, we look at Lester Pearson. He's episode uh, eighteen, 
and Lester Pearson, um, amazing fellow. I mean, honestly, Nobel Peace Prize and all. But on First Nations, no, he's just like everyone else. He, he like with some exceptions, Jackson was the exception. Uh, but Pearson, he, he doesn't really see them. They're invisible to him. Um, he's really the last of our prime ministers that was able to ignore them, really, um, because the First Nations resurgence is just about to begin, a political resurgence, and they're being going to be recognized very, very soon. So uh, finally, Gary Potts, he was a, a friend of mine. He was, um, I, it's another Ontarian historian, uh, a story, because Gary was, he was the Anishinaabe chief at Tomogamy, and he was a personal friend, and I, I liked him dearly. And he's number 19, 20, um, now is all of Dickinson. And in a way, all of Dickinson, I, I, I think of her as the Canada's greatest historian of, of indigenous people. And that, that's my explanation of that belief in that episode. And she does, again, you see, it's indelible. It, it's all over the place. Where's the Ontario link with Olive? She was, before she went into history, fasten your seatbelts, she was the woman's editor of the Globe and Mail. <laughs> and she got, and, and in her mid 50s, she went back to, she went to graduate school and did these marvelous books. She passed away, but no, well, two decades ago, but her impact is still felt. So, there we have it. We're up to episode 21. And that will be forthcoming very shortly. Thanks to Sarah's magic, it will be out. And uh, that, that will be it. That'll be the completion of the series. And its title tells it all. The title of episode 21 is what I'm all about. Ontario made me. Calgary adopted me. Thank you.